Hello and welcome to That Mindset Woman. I'm Donna and you guessed it, I'm That Mindset Woman. As women, we're often overloaded with people's issues and are quick to forget our own. So I'm here to offer you relevant and actionable tips for personal growth told from a woman's eye view. I'm passionate about lifting up women and letting them know they can achieve absolutely anything from careers, money, mental health, relationships, and to self-care, I will cover a range of topics that are relevant to us modern women. So join me on this journey of self-discovery and empowerment. Let's build each other up and help me to make every day a little more female-friendly. Hello, it's great to have you here. I'm really glad to see you today. And today I'm actually going to spend some time talking about myself. Sounds normal, right? It's a podcast, I'm supposed to talk about myself. But in episode one, I spoke about boundaries because that's what I get asked about literally the most. Um, So today I really wanted to give you me um, and why I do this at all. Um, The title of the podcast is Why Do I Talk About Mindset So Much? And it's simply because people don't really understand how much mindset can have an effect over you, your life, everything you do, until they really delve into it. And then it's like some magic button got pushed and they can't unsee it, right? So I'm gonna kind of illuminate how that happened for me. And you might recognize some of these things in yourself. So if you do, always feel free to let me know. So I'm just gonna jump straight in, right? So people that know me, and I take this for granted, that people that know me know that I had a very, very bad childhood. And I kind of just assume the whole world knows. But this is the thing about a podcast, right? Is some of you guys never met me in your lives and I'm going to have to do this properly and tell you what happened in my life that made it not so great. So basically, I was one of eight children who was born into a let's call it um, a a violent marriage um, in which both parties were alcoholic and also uh, didn't have quite, you know, a lot of support around them, um, apart from the generic kind of support that comes with around addicts, um, i.e. enablers and people who um, also take part in that kind of same behaviour. So that was what we were surrounded by. Uh, My father was ex-military and my mother never really worked but between them they were just catastrophic completely um they were only married for around 10 years and they were divorced when i was probably around four or five too young to really understand or remember um but what i do remember is when i got to about eight years old um after numerous house fires that were caused through various drunken misadventures and just general trauma within the household, um, we were removed from my mother, who back then was left on her own by my father, and we we were moved. So we went to live with my auntie for a short time, my maternal auntie, and then we were finally placed permanently with who I now call my mum and dad. They've been my mum and dad for 30 years, so they're well qualified to be in that position. Um, But obviously my mother, my birth mother, and my birth father, um, I was removed from both of those. So 
My birth mother, I did recreate a relationship many years later when my own daughter was born. Um, and I found that she was actually a great person. I really did like her. Um, she's sadly deceased now. She had a battle with cancer and fought it really bravely. Um, in fact, really admirably. So I'll always speak quite highly of her because to me, she made up a lot of her life through her journey into death. And I think that's really instrumental when you look at a, a whole person. You kind of got to look at the whole thing, right? Not just a brief moment in time. Um, so, yeah, that was my mother. My father, unfortunately, I do not have a relationship with at all. There are so many reasons for that. But I'm going to suffice to say, he's just not really my kind of person. <laughs> and that's okay. Sometimes that can be the case. All right. So that's my family in a really, really, really tight little nutshell. My mum and dad um, were absolute heroes and they um, fostered a lot of children, a lot of children of which me and my sisters were the last. Um, and as I say, they've been my mum and dad all my life almost. Um, and both of them have shaped me hugely into who I am. Um, They've, you know, rescued me several times when you're growing up and you're like, oh, help me, dad, help me. Um, and also my mum, she's hugely inspirational. She gave me a lot in terms of my work ethic, in terms of the way that I just think about things a little bit deeper may maybe than some people do. Um, and she kind of taught me about my place in the world, never to be small, never to accept um, anybody else's point of view, but to but to forge my own. Um, funnily enough, she's the person now who will always tell me to slow down. <laughs> and I sometimes have to remind her, this is kind of all because of you. <laughs> but she is the queen of mothers and I'm so, 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 so lucky to have her. Um, so then later on, um i didn't want to work um sorry i didn't want to study any longer than college so i actually just went straight into the world of work because i always wanted to forge my own path um and you'll notice it in everything that i do um i do have a really long and varied work and qualification history i'm one of those people that's really really qualified um but never really did anything with all of the things I'm qualified in. Um, I did I did make use of, of the various qualifications, but I qualified for things in a way that other people perhaps wouldn't understand sometimes. For example, I have a law degree, but I'm not a lawyer. Um, and it's because I didn't get my law degree for that. I got my law degree because I wanted to study law. I wanted to be a better writer, and I know there's no better way than to study law. So that was why I did that. So yeah, I am an extremely knowledgeable person, but not technically um, used many of those qualifications in the work that I have done. Um, I also knew for a really long time that I'm not a person that enjoys working for somebody else. Now, that's not to say that's not a valid or acceptable path because I know so many people who absolutely thrive working for other people. I just am not one of them. I don't really like being told what to do. And I am extremely independent in my life and in my work. I also really value my freedom. And if you continue to listen to my podcast, you're gonna hear this a lot. Like I talk all the time about how much my freedom means to me. And that's not just the freedom 
to uh, go wherever I want or do what I want. It's the integral freedom that I feel that the choices I make are mine to make. So I really, really put a lot down to my freedom. And I make sure kind of that everything I do is is synonymous with that. So I don't tie myself, for example, into situations where my freedom is going to be at stake. And one of those things is working for other people because I do enjoy traveling. I do enjoy, you know, just randomly getting my hair done. And I don't like to answer to people whenever I'm doing these things. And obviously one of the things about employment is you're going to have to answer to somebody. So that's not really for me. I get why some people do thrive in that environment. I just don't. Um, so that's me. I have had quite a few businesses um, over the years, some of which have been huge successes and one of which failed. And that's OK. Um, I've learned loads through the businesses that I've had and the work experiences that, that I've had. And one of the most valuable things that I think I've ever learned in my whole entire life is to be OK with failing. And it's a really big deal that we say that because so many people take it hard. I'm a Virgo, right? So we're perfectionists by, by nature. I don't like to fail. I like to be the best, the fastest, the first. I like to succeed en masse. But sometimes that's not really the best way. We learn so much when we fail. We learn how to do things differently. We learn how we don't want to be. And if we don't take those lessons, we're doomed to make the same mistakes again and again. Failure is vital to success. And in fact, I think it's, um, if I think right, I think it was Steve Jobs who said he would never hire somebody who hasn't first failed. And that means that what he's getting then is a person who has learned from real life and has taken the lessons. So yeah, my... My businesses haven't always been successful. Most of them have, but one of them wasn't. And I'm okay with that. I've become okay with that now. Um, but that always hasn't been the case. So back in time, my husband and I have been together now for nearly 15 years. Um, it was not an easy marriage in the beginning because we met and married within six months, which is like shotgun, right? There's shotgun and then there's that. That's crazy. Um, and I remember everybody saying that it wasn't going to last five minutes. And the thing about me was I didn't really want to be married. Um, I didn't think that the traditional path was for me. Um, Everybody now would say that's obviously down to the way that I was raised, right? If you see a really unhealthy marriage, why on earth would you want to repeat it? And I guess that's true. When I look back, that's probably where that motivation came from. So I kind of had this impossible bar in my head where no one was ever going to be good enough for that. So I kind of was really controlling over all of, all of my relationships, meaning that they ended precisely when I wanted them to. I would make sure of that. Um but I was always really confident and comfortable by myself. I lived in many cities. I did what I wanted. I worked independently. I always was very independent. So it wasn't something that I struggled through. I kind of learned and grew through it in my own way and in my own time. And for those years between sort of 17 and 23, I really was 
the biggest caricature of independence. I, I did everything really loudly and proudly. I was very bold. I was very uh, forward. And I, I engineered a lot of success in that time because my manner was kind of non-negotiable. It always has been. Um, I've always felt not entitled to something, but I felt that nothing is impossible. And therefore I would never have been held back by a self-belief issue. The only thing was I was quite bullshit. So sometimes I would land in hot water, perhaps because I was a bit too immature or young to be trying to have the kind of clout I was trying to have in the circles I was trying to have them. Again, that was a learning experience and I'm glad that I went through it because we don't know, right? Until we've been through a baptism of a fire, what's acceptable and what isn't. And if you're gonna go out there and try and forge your way, you need to know real fast how to do that in the best and most appropriate way. And that was the lessons that I taught from that period. So I met my husband when I was like, 23 and we quickly became extremely close um and we fell pregnant and this was just a shock to about the whole entire world and me most of all and you know we we very quickly decided yeah why not we're we're happy we're in love of course it makes sense and of course to do that i i i am very traditional in the sense that i believe you should be married to have children. So that's not everybody's way, but I would have still had the child had we not been married, but the child would have carried my name. That's not something that he wanted. He wanted us all to be a family and therefore we needed to be married for that. So that was what we did. And we kind of did have a rocky start to our relationship. Obviously, when you meet and marry within six months and it's two new families coming together, you haven't really known each other in the past. Um, and, you know, I moved, relocated to be where he's from. And all of that together just means that it is rocky, it is unstable. And added to that, he was in the military. So suddenly I was also a military wife, which was a title I was never entirely comfortable with because I suppose I've never really enjoyed labels. <laughs> and that kind of labeled me straight away. And I wasn't really entirely comfortable with that. I suppose my rebellion against that was the fact that we never actually lived on base for all of the 10, ma 10 years that he was in the Royal Marines. We never ever lived on base. And in fact, we bought a house um, in the place that we live in, and we still live in that house today. So we did um, kind of something that, that, that most people don't do. And we kind of carved our own path through that uh, whole era it did come with its challenges obviously because sometimes i felt like i was parenting alone when he was away for long periods but i had excellent support from my family and from his um so then we're gonna come to kind of eight years ago and eight years ago happened to me one of the most pivotal moments of my life when i almost died um and i think this is one of those things that i really underplay because Whenever I think back, I kind of think it never looked that serious. How did it even happen? But what happened was I had Crohn's disease and I lived with it for a really long time, like since I was a teenager, but it didn't really overly affect my life. I was one of those really lucky people, call it lucky or call it substantial, I don't know. But I kind of always was like, this isn't going to hold me back. It, you know just the way that i am through life i was the same way through that so i continued to work i continued to party with my friends i didn't let it 
make me miss out on anything. And I do know that a lot of people with Crohn's disease have a really, really dreadful time, but I felt like I made it work for me. So maybe it didn't look as serious, but it really was quite serious. I did have a few hospital stints over time, but they never really hindered me. So it came to 2015 and all of a sudden, I just developed a pain in my side. And whilst that was going on, everybody was laughing about it because it just seemed a funny thing that when I laughed, which I do a hell of a lot, if you know me, you'll know that. And I was laughing all the time and it just hurt. So my friends would say things like, oh, there's there, there's your uh, false pain again or something like that. Anyway, it turned out that my bowel had broken inside my body in a big way. And I should have just like become totally toxic and died. Um, some weird twist of fate meant that my body kept itself together and um, made sure that I stayed alive. So even though I was becoming toxic, it wasn't at such a rapid rate as anybody normally would. Uh, my surgeon later on was absolutely in shock at how I'd even survived it after he'd removed the organ and, and, and figured out what had happened to me. Um, but I, I that day um gained my ileostomy which i've lived with for the last eight years and honestly <laughs> it was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my entire life i never thought that i would recover from it i was just like my body was fantastic i had the perfect existence and work-wise, I was thriving. So it really did hit me very, very hard. I had to kind of, well, I had to learn to walk again. I had to learn to love my body when it honestly should have, it, it should have, it should have felt better, but it felt awful. Um, so I went through all of that period and just like me, I refused to give up. And within eight weeks, I was running to which my surgeon thought, oh my God, how have you done this? I remember the shock in his face when I told him I went for a run and he was just like, that should never have happened. <laughs> and that's me all over. So I got through that escapade and for the last eight years, honestly, my life has been better than it's ever been. It's one of those situations when you kind of don't know how ill you are until you're not ill anymore. And now I live in existence that I could only have dreamed of before my surgery. So whilst that was going on i was actually a personal trainer and apparently according to my surgeon this is one of the reasons that i escaped so well from my surgery was because i was in such good shape going in that it really helped me coming out so fitness and health has been in my life for the last 12 years since i qualified as a personal trainer and i then um had my nutrition under my belt um, I had a very successful career in the gym. I then went into gyms and worked within fitness there um, in memberships and things like that. And then I actually went and did my NLP practitioner. So NLP, for somebody who doesn't understand, is neuro-linguistic programming. So when we talk about rewiring the brain and breaking old patterns, that's how we do it. It's, it's, it's almost like using suggestion um, and repetition to kind of make you think in a way that you're not already thinking. So that's what neuro-linguistic programming is. And I was glad to add that to my repertoire because I think it's really helped in the life coaching space. So... Obviously, we went through COVID and when we went through COVID, I was really lucky that, you know, I was able to come through that with my family in a way that we were we were basically really quite unharmed. Um, I know that a lot of people suffered work-wise through that, but I did, I did okay. And it brings me to now where 
I talk about freedom all the time, like I said before, and it is up there with my prime value that I want every woman to understand that if they don't already feel an integral freedom, that is really what you should be striving for. Because whether we're looking for money, career success, harmony with our children or our partner, better relationships, really what we're trying to create through all of that is freedom. It's freedom to be ourselves. It's freedom to do the things that we want to do without judgment. It's freedom to operate without fear. It's freedom to kind of navigate our lives in our way and feel free to do that. So I do speak about freedom a lot and you will hear me harp on about that because I find it it's literally the key to life it has been the key to my life and that's what I'm trying to pass on through my podcast so now what I do is I do operate one-to-ones with my clients whereby I will delve into their mindset and help them to see where perhaps they've had blocks but not realized it and it's influenced their behaviors or patterns or got them into a situation that they can't really see their way out of but once the whole thing is illuminated as if it's put under a lamp they can see what they're doing and it does become a lot easier. Sometimes the things that I say aren't even that groundbreaking. It's just that I say them in such a way, it's like you've heard it for the first time. So I know that mindset and confidence can be the key to unlock a totally new future for most people. We just have to respect the process and actually engage with it. And once we do, the changes that we make, they kind of can't be unmade. Again, you can't unsee it. So I do have courses as well. I've got a flagship 90 days to a better you in which I delve into literally every aspect of your health, your fitness, your mindset to make sure that at the end of the 90 days, you're fighting fit, looking better, feeling better, and your mindset is absolutely on point for reaching your goals. And then I have shorter sprint courses in which I kind of just take you from A to B real quick. So that can be losing a dress size or getting yourself a better job or asking for a pay rise or sorting out your money mindset. We can do all of those things real quick if we just focus and hone in on what your goal actually is at the time. So that's what I do now. So these podcasts, they're going to be released every Tuesday. You're going to start hearing guests soon. So I'm really excited about that. I have got some great guests lined up. And the first one comes along in, I think it'll be about two weeks, July the 11th you'll have your first podcast guest with me is going to be Cassie Watts. And she is also a fantastic life coach who focuses on mindset and liberation. So I'm really glad to have her here. And she's going to talk about procrastination with me because I get asked about that one hell of a lot. And I want to use the power of both of our minds together to help you have seriously actionable steps to move you forward. And then on July the 18th, I have got the one and only toddler translator, which I'm terribly excited about. That's Gemma Thomas Bohr. Gemma Thomas Bohr. And she honestly is incredible at what she does. And every time she explains something to me about toddlers, obviously I have a four-year-old. It absolutely lights me up because I think you totally understand me. You know where I'm at. And that's what we need, right? We need a bit more of that in our lives. So with this podcast, I basically want to share with you things that are going to help you in some way improve a little bit of your life at a time. So do stick with me, have me on follow and come to me every Tuesday and listen to which way I'm going to try and help you. And you know what I really love is when you contact me back as well. So feel free to DM me if you find me on social media. On Instagram, I am at the Empowerverse. 
And on Facebook, you can find me at the Female Empowerment Community or just simply at Empowerverse. I absolutely love speaking with you guys. So please keep your lines open and speak with me. And anything that you do want to know or anything that I can get for you or any knowledge I can gain, please do let me know because this podcast means the world to me and so do you guys. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for joining me today for another amazing chat. I'm that mindset woman and I believe that every woman deserves to get the best out of every single day. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future topics, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Feel free to leave a comment below or reach out to me via Facebook where I am at Empowerverse, Instagram at The Empowerverse and email info at empowerverse.co.uk. As always, I want you to remember my two golden rules. One, you are capable of achieving anything you set your mind to. And two, you can only serve others once you have first served yourself. Go get it, ladies. Have a great day.